All right. What's happening, everybody? Episode 423 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Thanks for tuning in to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Um, just a quick note, we probably will have an episode on some MMA. It's been a bit um, because UFC 280 is actually currently right now. So I'm going to try to get this podcast in and uh, jump to that main card, watch that. Then I'll watch the Yankees game, which, again, we're recording Yankees games for the playoffs every single game. So just getting that out of the way, a little housekeeping. Um but yeah, we're doing Knicks tonight, or today. Uh, as I am recording this episode, it is 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 22nd of October. And um, just got done doing some school shit. Watching some UFC at the same time. Just finished watching the prelims. But I figured we'd talk Knicks, because the Knicks played last night, and they won their opener at MSG. They're now 1-1 one one on the season. They took down a pretty terrible Detroit Pistons team. Let's be honest. And um, we're here to talk about it. So, welcome to the show. And thank you again for stopping by and tuning in. So, the Knicks, they took them down last night. They win their home opener versus Detroit. And um, game two is in the books. We are officially underway as we got the first game in MSG out of the way. Um, That sounded like a... No, like it sounded like a bad thing. <laughs> we got the first game at MSG in the books. Um, they won 130 to 106 in regulation. Whoops. So, um, yeah, no, it was a good win. 130 to 106. You know, it wasn't exactly the thriller that the last home opener was last year on opening night. Um, being that I went to overtime against Boston, um, the Knicks pulled away and <laughs> that, that started the whole bing bong shtick. But um, nonetheless, it was a good, fun win. The Garden was sold out last night. It was packed nonetheless. And the Knicks played well. Everybody was getting theirs out the gate. That's what you like to see. Um, RJ Barrett was pushing the pace and making plays on the ball early on. Fournier connected early within the first couple of seconds. Um, Mitchell Robinson was working on the offensive glass. Um, by halftime, it was 72-52 Knicks. There were some brief moments throughout where the defense was giving up some easy buckets, um, especially in the paint in the second and third quarter. Um, but, you know, the starters kind of struggled to hold the lead there in the third quarter. You know, young the Pistons are a young team. They were running, run the full court game and getting some easy buckets in the paint there. But twenty nine point lead was cut to fourteen points. You know, Tibbs took a bit long to go back to the second unit there and pull the starters in the third quarter. But when he did, eh, the game was put away. Emmanuel quickly checked in and he went off. Um, and immediately ended ended this game ASAP. Had his signature and one little jumper to cap off the third quarter. And then he and Obi took over in the fourth while the reserves played. And the Knicks win by 24 points. So the Pistons are fun. They're you know they're a fun young team. 
may not be a fun season, but they have fun young talent, and it hasn't generated them any wins yet, and they really suck. So um, there's not a ton to take from this game. But on the flip side, the Knicks are also pretty young with decent talent, and they might be okay this season. You know, I, I loved how... Well, I, I love how so far in these two games, it seems like we're making a legitimate effort to push the pace and move the ball, play fast. That was a point of emphasis last season, but it didn't really stick. Um, obviously, you know, the whole thing with Randall and not having a point guard... We'll factor into that. But so far through these two games, the Knicks are pushing it. Obi, Cam, IQ, RJ, Rose, even Julius, which I am liking so far, and that's honestly where it starts, they're all pushing the pace. Um, the Knicks had 95 attempts last night, plus the 23 free throws. So making a true effort to do that is what you want to see. Through these two games, they had 28 assists in Memphis, and they had 29, I believe, last night at MSG. And here's the thing. Not only are they pushing it with that full-court run-and-gun style that the young guys like to do, but I've talked about this before in previous shows last season where they're also just playing fast in the half-court, making quicker decisions, quick ball movement, quick to put the ball on the floor instead of standing around and looking. It's really promising to see that. Um, so I'm hoping that can kind of be a theme this season. Um, just making quick decisions in the half court as well. And obviously Brunson is a bit a big part to that obviously too. I mean, having a stable point guard who's going to orchestrate will help this team win. You know, if they won 37 games last season without a point guard with Kemba and Alec Burks, and I guess Randall, I don't think it's crazy to say that they can reach four, maybe five more wins with this one. You know, with, with the point guard in Brunson. Which, they do that, they'll, they'll be 500 or better, and that's likely to get them a playing spot at worst. But, yeah, Brunson was great last night. 17 points, 6 assists, and 6 of 11 shooting. Um... And, you know, I, I think I think I'm going to give this kid, uh, he was also 2 or 3 in the arc with 0 turnovers. He has 15, 15 assists and 0 turnovers through his first two Nick games, which is a franchise record for a newcomer Nick. He's so efficient, and that's why I think I'm going to give this kid our Bing Bong Award for tonight. He gets a Bing Bong ball tonight. Or last Bing Bong! I just, I, I love this kid. He just, he's, it's funny I'm saying that because we all wanted Mitchell, but not a terrible consolation prize. And I mean, <laughs> you got to give him credit. He's looked very good so far. He looked good in preseason. He looks good so far through these two games. Again, 17 6, um, 6 of 11 shooting, 2 of 3 in the arc. The no turnovers thing is awesome. He just has such poise as a passer. He's a good point guard, the good quarterback. You know, he's so good at just just generating looks for the four guys around him. You know, he's also very good at getting his own, though. He's got great size to create separation. We saw that um, a lot in preseason. Great footwork. 
um, gets the ball out of Randall's hands, which I hope we keep seeing. You know, I, I hope Randall continues to trust Jalen and doesn't try doing too much, and I hope that he doesn't get jealous because we've obviously seen the ego live action before with Julius. But right now, I, I like what I'm seeing with Jalen Brunson. I, I think the Fist Kid is is I think is going to be a legitimate point guard for us, man. Um, so. As long as he can keep Randall tamed. And, and, you know, we talk about Randall, and he looks good so far, man. I think I mentioned after the first preseason game, and I hate to keep bringing up preseason, but he looks like he cut some weight and slimmed down. Um, And that's obviously evident just by looking at him, but the way he's played, too. He's, like I said, he's even running the floor in transition, too, so far. Um, Last night, it was another efficient night for Randall. 15 points, 6 rebounds, 2 of 3 from 3. Um, but he also took just 12 shots in 25 minutes. So, sacrificing maybe. It's early, but you know I'm just noticing, even when he does go ISO like last night, so far at least, he's not taking forever. He's... he's putting the ball immediately on the floor and not just screwing around with jab steps and triple threat or just standing there looking for guys. It's that quicker decision-making that we always talk about with Julius. Um, so overall, you know, I didn't love his performance last night. He, he stopped the ball a bit. He didn't have any assists, um, but he didn't turn it over. He, he uh, you know, there was that, you know, there was a play early on where he didn't hustle back on defense but, you know, it wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't a nightmare. It was fine. Um, and and I just hope that he can continue to take that step back. R.J. Barrett had himself a strong bounce back. 18 points last night. Four assists. Eight of 15 shooting for R.J. Um, he looks good. You know, he had a rough... Rough game in Memphis. Um, the efficiency was obviously up from 17% last uh, on opening night in Memphis to 53% last night at the Garden. Um, so it was promising to see that. It's promising to see him last night thrive well in two of his bigger areas of weakness. You know, in, in finishing and in decision making. His touch at the rim look a lot looked a lot better. Um, he was 6 of 7 inside the semicircle last night. Um, that's a plus. And obviously we touched on his playmaking early, just generating offense, being a very good passer. He's a very good passer when he's running the break. You know, he loves that running gun game. But he's also a very good passer in pick and roll. His half-court passing has improved every year. Um, actually early on, he had that early screen and roll with, I think it was Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, that was an excellent play from RJ. It got the engine started for the offense and he really took over at point guard. Um, the bench was excellent and I expect the bench to continue to be excellent. Um, it would make three years in a row now where I fall in love with this bench. Uh, they scored 64 points to Detroit's 21 points. Detroit has no bench, but it. There was no Kevin Knox revenge game. Um, actually, we've played him before, haven't we? We played him when he was with Atlanta last year. But, yeah, the bench was good, man. They they got great chemistry. 
defensively. They played a high pace offensively. Um, you know, Cam Reddish was quiet, but he looked okay still. And played with energy, and that's that's what we're looking for mainly because the talent's there. Um, you just got to step up on defense. Uh, and, you know, six points last night. Was looking to shoot mainly. He had eight attempts. That's him. It's going to bother some people who get sensitive when it doesn't work. But I think he has the talent to be a good scorer. So we'll see where that leads him. I'll talk more on that in a sec. D. Rose was great. 13 points, 6 assists, 3 triples made. The early pull-up jumpers were good. The catch-and-shoot game was working. His 3-ball has really become so solid and so steady for the Knicks. Um, Talking about Derrick Rose. I mean, he, he... He's, I think he's been a 40% shooter since he's came here, or near 40%. And he just plays such a good point guard off the bench. He helps them play fast. Um, there aren't really many better bench point guards than Derrick Rose in this league, man. I just hope that the bench can play better when he's off the floor. Uh, IQ does a nice job of getting them going. So we'll see. But Rose... Played good last night, 16 minutes last night after a dozen minutes in Memphis. And I think this is what they want to do with him. And I'm kind of fine with it. It keeps him fresh for the entire season. He's a lot older. He, you know, obviously he struggles to stay healthy with all the injuries he's had. But this should be what we do. And I think if we limit his minutes, 15 to 20 a night, it will allow D Rose to be more effective. And also allows the younger guards in the rotation to get their minutes. You know, mentioned Emmanuel quickly with a great bounce back. 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists for quickly last night. And he is actually getting a bing-bong ball coming off the bench last night. Bing-bong! Huh. Yeah, 27-7, and seven, shot 57% from the field, 38% from three, and he hit his only free throw um, across 27 minutes. Great. 8 of 14. I mean, I don't know if there's something going on between Quickly and Cam, <laughs> but you know, I, I did again notice it last night on that one fast break where he opted to go to Obi instead of Cam, who was wide open. <laughs> I don't know. I'm noticing some body language there, but I don't know. We'll see how far that goes. Um... But him and Mitch, I'm liking that little duo. I'm not even talking about passing and scoring, but the Knicks, I noticed, ran a little bit of a like a Spain pick and roll last night where you had quickly set a back screen on Jalen Duran, and that freed up space for Mitch to cut to the rim for an easy lob. That was pretty cool. And then on the very next possession, the next time down, they had IQ fake a screen only to pop up to the arc for an easy three-point shot. So... Thibodeau's play calling was pretty interesting there. Uh, I loved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Quickly is going to have a big big factor this season. He's getting big minutes right now, 27 last night. Um, only 17 in Memphis, but he also played very bad. So I, I think if he continues to play well like last night, he's going to continue to get minutes. Um, considering, again, we're trying to keep Rose fresh. And also Evan Fournier. We heard the reports from Begley. 
Um, I actually didn't notice until I heard somebody say it on a podcast. But last night, IQ was not only the first guard off the bench, which wasn't always a thing, but he stayed on the floor when the starters came back into the game in the second quarter. I don't think quickly checked out until late late second quarter, with like four minutes or so before halftime. So, just something to keep an eye on. And, you know, Fournier only got, I think he got only 19, 20 minutes last night. Now, he's an excellent shooter, but his defensive flaws are evident and very loud at times. So I think maybe Thibodeau is beginning to adjust just a little bit, or I hope. But I mean, last year, we even saw it. Fournier sat many fourth quarters because of his defense. So when Grimes is healthy, that's going to make this only even more fascinating to see how it plays out. Because will the Knicks start somebody else? Will it be Cam Reddish at the two? Will it be Quentin Grimes? I mean, I can't see anybody other than Grimes, honestly, right now. Grimes is obviously a Tibbs pick. Um, he plays great defense. He has the potential to be Fournier with great defense. Um, so it wouldn't shock me at some point if Grimes did take over whenever he gets healthy. Um, I think Cam is hes more of a project, and you don't want to mess with that, and you keep letting him get his off the bench if it works. But I just don't know how big of a role this kid will have. I don't know that he'll get minutes this year. It's unfortunate because the Knicks are going to have some decisions to make eventually. And we'll get into all this in in future episodes. But bottom line, they won't be able to keep everyone happy. They won't be able to keep everyone, period. They, They, you know... I mean, they just paid Julius Randle. They just paid Brunson to come in. They just extended Barrett, Robinson. So Cam is due after the season ends. So where does that leave your decision with Obi? You know, maybe if Randle keeps playing well, you move him off the books to keep, you know, spots for both Obi and Cam. I don't know, unlikely, but MSG loves Obi, man. So you have IQ coming off the books in 2024. So a lot of guys are going to domino affect other positions. You know, there's a lot of politics involved. But anyway, bottom line, to get back on track here, this starting two-guard spot will be very interesting um, because Fournier is just useless out there if he's not getting shots up. Uh, he's slow. He doesn't exactly pair well with R.J. Barrett. And his defense, his defense is just beyond brutal. Uh, whatever that adjective may be, it's that. <laughs> Anyways, it, it was a great win. Um, I, I loved the energy last night. I thought the defense was very strong. I listen. I the um the the Knicks have all of a sudden. It's it's crazy. And I'm saying it's because they've been so bad defensively for years. I think they have an identity, <laughs> you know, even last year, the defense took a step back. It was still okay. Like, I think they have an identity. They play good defense. They play very hard. They were very active in the passing lanes last night. They were very effective down low. Mitch had a couple blocks, but just watching him, he owned the interior last night. Even Fournier, uh, I think Hartenstein, Obi, Fournier, and RJ each have blocks themselves. Their defense is very good. 
Um, do they have some things to shore up? Of course. I mean, a little bit of an area of concern here is is they're rotating. The defensive rotations I've noticed so far in these two games haven't exactly been crisp. Um, you know, I saw a lot of open threes in the corners versus Memphis. Um, and you know, a little less last night, but it was Detroit. So if you play better competition, you have to think they're going to expose those, those types of flaws. So I would like to see them tighten up on their rotations. But other than their rotations, they, they've been pretty crisp. Um, you know, it is early, but I like what he's doing defensively. I like the scheming, and, and it's working. Um, but... Yeah, it was a good win. I think Thibodeau, again, early to tell, almost impossible to tell, but he did run another 10-man rotation out there last night, and the difference was he sat the starters in the fourth. Now, for any other coach, that's an obvious thing to do in a blowout. It's nothing new. But for Tibbs, he has countlessly in the past, last season, the year before that, ran his guys out there for 40-plus minutes in blowouts. He's ran his guys out there for the entire fourth quarter in blowouts. Last night, no. you know, I mean, R.J. Barrett got hurt last year because he was playing in the fourth of a game the Knicks clearly had won. But last night, it was the reserves in the fourth quarter alongside IQ and Obi. I mean, every single active player on the roster last night got some kind of burn. And not one of the 15 guys who saw action played over 28 minutes so you know and early on after that Randall play where he dogged it going back on defense Tibbs called a timeout so maybe he's going to start holding him accountable more I don't know we'll see but I noticed some you know some changes in the way Tibbs is coaching this team early on um it's probably just optimism because it's early in the year and I'm and I'm excited but Hey, the Knicks are competing, man. You like to see it. Um, you're going to hear that it was the Pistons, this and that. It was, but this is the Knicks, guys. Like, this is not the Yankees. We are just trying to get back to relevancy this year. So, we take what we can. We take what's on the schedule as Knicks fans. And, and the motto, I, I guess, for the lack of a better word, the motto for teams like us is we're just trying to make it. So the motto should be to you know compete against the high-end contenders and beat up on the bad teams. And that is literally what they've done so far. They took Memphis to OT on their own floor, and they smacked the Pistons around last night on the garden floor. And hopefully that's another thing this year we bounce back in, is playing at home, because we struggled there last year. But yeah, great team effort. These guys all play hard, and they're playing together right now. And it might be a different guy every night. So, which is why, you know, a lot of people are expecting RJ Barrett to make that all-star jump this season. I don't know. Um, the East is deep, but there are also just a lot of mouths to feed on this team. Um, it's just going to be interesting. I don't know that this team, at least so far, has shown that they have one guy that will get the bulk of the shots. Last night, six different guys were in double-figure points, with only one of them scoring 20 points. Um, and that was quickly. Even in Memphis, same story. Six guys were in double figures. So it's spread even right now. But even the guys who were in double who who weren't in double figures last night, Mitch, Hartenstein, uh, Cam Reddish, they played well. 
I like the way they played. So none of these players on the team, none of them are great, but most of them are good. So the Knicks are deep with solid talent. They're obviously still missing a star. That's a trend that hopefully ends sometime soon. But right now, we're doing what we can with what we have. We, we, we're we doing what we need to attract those free agents and build some value on the assets we do have for trades. You know, Julius, Fournier, maybe even some of these younger players uh, by the deadline can, can go, but we'll see. Early, we needed this win, though. You didn't want to begin 0-2. Um, these early games, you can always end up looking back on and saying, well, we should have took that. So, good to beat the team we're supposed to beat. And, yeah. I think that, that was, those are my quick thoughts. And let's end on this. It's so nice to, to be back watching Breen and Clyde again. Um, because at the end of the season for me last year, I had to watch it on uh, some bullshit sketchy site since I wasn't paying for Fubo anymore. Um, and it was like I only got the road feed if it wasn't a home game. So... I didn't get much of that, but it's it's nice to hear the best backcourt in the game again <laughs> and Breen and Clyde. Um, but that's it. Let's head to break, and when we get back, we'll wrap it up with uh, a few things. The question of the day, and we also will talk about our parlay from last night. Um, yeah, stay with us. Be right there. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at bd 4 you can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify. But you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 423. That should say 423, not 422. Of BD4. Let me fix that right now. No, I can't. Shit. <laughs> Whatever. Um, 423. I don't feel like fixing that. It just bothers me. I want to. But um, that's if you're watching the show. But yeah, the Knicks scored 130 last night, shot 53% from the field, 42% from three, 64% from the line, and had 29 assists. Next up, we have the Orlando Magic. But let's wrap it up with the question of the day. Actually, you know what? Before we get there, let's talk about our parlay. We'll get to that first because we had a parlay last night, and oh my gosh, it always ends bad for me. <laughs> Welcome to RJ's Parlay, 
where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose tomorrow night because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's parlay. Now, last this was actually last night's parlay during the Nick game. I had the Knicks money line, the alternate over at 209.5, Mitch for one block, Barrett for a combined 25 points, rebounds, assists, Randall for 15 and 7, and that was all plus 315 odds. I hit on every single one but the seven rebounds for Julius, and he ended up getting six because he didn't play in the fourth quarter since it was a blowout. But, like, come on. Like, Tibbs always runs his starters out there into the ground. The one time he wants to change it up is the one time I have a big-time bet. It was plus 315, man. So he flopped there. Um, That that was tough. Uh, I got one for this UFC 280 card. I've got Jan, Sterling, and Oliveira on the money line. So that's a plus 552 with the odds boost on on the old DraftKings. Let's get to our question of the day. All right. So for this episode, 423, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, in 2006, the book, The Game Within the Game, was published by which former Knicks legend? In 2006, the book, The Game Within the Game, was published by which former Knicks legend? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you don't get it correct, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. In 2006, the book, The Game Within the Game, was published by which former Knicks legend? Alright guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, you're listening to episode 423 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And, um, of course, we also do some MMA now, too. That'll be out soon. 424 will probably be Yankees tonight after they hopefully win against the uh, Houston Astros at the stadium in the Bronx. Um... But that's it for this next episode, guys. And I will see you very soon. All right. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.